you're listening to the Lead to Soar podcast, bringing you an episode of Get Shit Done, where we help you get the right shit done on your path up the career ladder. And now your hosts, Michelle Redfern and Mel Butcher. Michelle, I'm so happy to be joining you for another episode of Get Shit Done. I am happy to be here too, Mel, to get shit done with you. All right. So today we're going to be talking about avoiding something. So this is kind of related to a previous episode we did called the I Don't List. More specifically, though, today we're talking about avoiding office housework. So I know you've got (laughs) thoughts on this. Do you want to start us off with why is this important and I know you've got a story too, so start us <laughs> off with whatever you feel like sharing. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start off with, you know, what is office housework? And the the best description of what office housework is, is that it is non-promotable tasks. And so I've heard that a couple of times and I certainly, and I heard it from one of our members in a career that saws recently, Anthea. She said, you know, we've got to stop doing non-promotable work. So in other words, the work that's not associated with achieving and sustaining the strategic and financial outcomes of the business or the work that needs to get done and noticed by you and your team. So practically, what does it look like? Uh, It is, well, there's all sorts of stuff, but hey, Mel, why don't you take the meeting minutes? Hey, Mel, can you organise the team getaway. Hey Mel, can you book the flights? Hey Mel, can you tidy up the office or the meeting room after? Hey Mel, can you get coffee? Hey Mel, can you make sure everyone's done their homework or the, you know, their work? Hey Mel, can you go and set up, you know, a new group for women, please? Because you're a woman and we'd like you to sort out the problem we've got with women. Hey Mel, can you induct the new interns and show them where the toilets and the photocopier and the stationary room is please those are the that that is the stuff that is office housework I'm getting stressed just hearing all of that yeah okay so what's your experience been with this topic of office housework so my experience has uh, been Well, interestingly enough, when I think about my career in its totality, there were times when, guess what, I was the junior. I was the office girl in my very first job that I ever had. So that was my job. My job was to do that stuff. But as I became more senior, those things were done by others. And the reason, and this is not about shirking your responsibility or not being a good team player or anything like that, but I've got to say, if you're thinking, am I doing all of, you know, what should I say no to and what should I say yes to? I want to bring gender into this straight away because women are disproportionately saddled with office housework. And when you think about that fine line between, you know, earning your stripes, paying your dues, whatever you want to call it, and getting a promotion, getting the pay rise you deserve, getting the performance evaluation um, you deserve. And then you also think, have my male colleagues, my male peers been asked to do the same things that I have? That's what I want you to think about when it comes to how might I push back or should I, number one, should I push back? So, 
should I push back on being asked to organise the birthday card, the birthday roster, the, you know, all, all the stuff that I outline? Well, has there been an equitable distribution of those tasks across your team? Or is it women? And, and, and I will also say, is it women of colour that have been disproportionately asked or implicitly it's been implied that they need to do this, i.e. can someone volunteer for the, insert menial task here, and when there's that, you know, that uncomfortable silence, we know that more often than not a woman and particularly a black woman or a woman of colour will fill that void with, yeah, okay, I'll do it. It can also come down to things like who wants to do the graveyard shift? oh, look, there's a really, you know, there's a a crappy booth to be manned at the next conference. They won't put it like that. But, you know, who wants to take all of the sign-ups and what have you? Yeah, no one? All right, so a woman might step into that. So really evaluate, is this part of me paying my dues? Have my male peers been asked to do the same things? If the answer is no and no, then we've got to teach you how to say no or how to push back gracefully. Because it won't get you promoted and it won't get a, a, a pay rise and it won't it won't contribute to your performance evaluation and frankly is taking away time from achieving and sustaining the outcomes that you're accountable to deliver for your role right and i think to that point it not only does it not help you get promoted or get that raise you deserve it really detracts from it because of what you just said it it binds up your time doing menial tasks when you could be doing bigger and greater things for the organization. Yeah. Tell us about managing this. How, what are some recommendations for managing this and, and perhaps saying no? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll give you a recommendation through the lens of when I said no, but perhaps I didn't say no as gracefully as I could have done. So I was a senior manager and uh, managing a a pretty big service centre and also managing two pretty significant outsourced contract arrangements. So I was, I was still in Telstra at the time and uh, these two contractors were responsible for a whole, like a really big broadband cable rollout that, that I was part of. So my boss and I had to have one of those meetings with our suppliers, with our contractors to say, hey, you need to lift your game. And, it, you know, these things happen. So we're, we're seated in the in the meeting room and and I will say I was the only woman and sat down, greetings, blah, 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 blah. And then my boss turns to me and said, Michelle, can you take the minutes? And before I could even think about it, I said, why? Because I've got a vagina. And <laughs> your face, Mel, is priceless. And of course, it was out of my mouth before I could think about it. And he was mortified, as was I, I've got to say. And he said, I'm really sorry. That's no problem. Uh, I'll actually take the minutes. Uh, and anyway, meeting ensued. And I thought, well, that's a career li- limiting move. And I've really enjoyed this job. I probably won't have it for much longer. So he asked to see me after the meeting and I thought, all right then. So I need to stick to my guns because it was inappropriate for me to be asked to to take the minutes. And I was girding my loins for what was going to be a fairly, what I thought was going to be a fairly tough conversation. As it turned out, it wasn't a tough conversation because he was mortified and apologetic and said, he just said, that was absolutely the right thing to do. Now, i got to say, I had an extraordinarily strong relationship um, with this person and he took it with my blurt with a lot of grace. 
And in fact, he he did a, a fair bit of self-flagellation for a number of years after that. Every time we saw each other, he'd go, oh my God, I'll never ask a woman to take minutes again. I thought, excellent. So there's my, you know, there's my contribution to, to the sisterhood uh, done and dusted. But so I don't think it was particularly graceful the way I handled that. But it does make for a funny story. But I was, I was outraged. I was absolutely outraged that because I was the only woman in the room, I was being asked to take the minute, minutes. And do you know what I was most outraged about? Because it diminished me in the eyes of two very senior men, managing directors who I had authority over. And that diminished my authority and my ability to create and execute messages for our organisation for them, frankly, to deliver on their promises. So there was context around it, but but it was inelegantly done. So a better way <laughs> is, you know, the, I, I, I like the use of humour. Now, not everyone uses humour. If you're a naturally humorous person, think about, you know, saying, oh, thanks. You know, look, oh, I don't think you'd want me at my hourly rate making you coffee. I think we might get someone, you know, someone else to go and do that so if someone asks you to make coffee I, I'd be really I, I hope that women being asked to make coffee is still not a thing but I know it is so push back with it with an alternative suggestion hey I've Mel I've been taking the minutes for the last four meetings I think it's time for Matthew to have a turn why don't we have a rotating roster and Matthew can be the first one first person to to jump into the roster he can make sure someone else does it so on and so forth or be more direct. I actually think I've 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 contributed enough to the menial task, whatever it may be. I'd like to see one of my other colleagues step up now and share this. <laughs> and the one I actually lifted this straight out of an article that I was reading. It says, "Hey, I'd really love to serve on the paperclips committee, but that's the perfect stretch assignment for David, our new junior hire down the hall." So really push back by saying, "Hey, oh, this is." not what I'm paid to do, but here's someone that could really benefit from doing this job or this task. And in a one-on-one situation with your boss or whomever is is assigning you the work, assuming they're a position person in a position of authority over you, ask for, ask for a conversation to say, I'm concerned that this these tasks that you're assigning are not part of what's going to help me contribute to our goals, to our team goals, to the stuff we're accountable to do. It's not going to help us get the work done that our team has to get done. Let's have a talk about what a solution might be. So, you know, or more bluntly, hey, boss, will you take this into consideration when we do my evaluation at the end of the year? Is this something that's going to help me get a raise? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. And what I'd also say, let's, let's recognize when it's happening, but also recognize, learn to stay silent, ladies. So sit on your hands, close your mouth when the volunteer stuff comes up, say nothing. Don't volunteer. Don't bring in baked goods. Don't, don't, play into the gendered stereotypes that that keep perpetuating in workplaces. Don't tidy up after meetings. So everyone pick up their own cups and push in your own chairs, please. And then I'd also say that that our male allies, our, our men in positions of authority, they have a job to do too. So I would like them to understand what office housework is, what non-promotable tasks are, and ensure that those tasks are distributed 
equitably across your team if you don't have someone who can do them. Don't call for volunteers because, as I've said before, it, when that, who'd like to volunteer for the paperclips committee? Awkward silence ensues. We know that a woman of colour or a woman will step into that space. So do not ask for volunteers. Create a roster. And, frankly, role model the right behaviours. You take the damn minutes, wash your own cup, push your own seat in. So that's how our male allies can help as well. Yeah, I wanted to to ask about that. So for our male allies that are listening, what are a couple of things you want them to take away, especially action items? Yeah, so um, the, the things I want them to take away is, is that this women are still disproportionately stepping in to do stuff that won't get them a pay rise, get them promoted, get them noticed. This is the invisible and insidious stuff that uh, creates barriers. And as I've said, the perception that it creates, if a woman is always the push the the chairs under the table, clean the coffee cups, whatever, what does that create? It creates the impression that she is a handmaid. So understand what this is and please, please, please be an ally in every single situation. So when you see it happening, intervene. Say, hey, but Mel's already done heaps of that. I'm going to pick up the coffee orders and go down to the cafe and grab the coffees. So I'll do it this time. Hey, Matthew, I'm picking on Matthew today. Hey, Matthew, you can do it next time. So know what it is and intervene. What was that boss's name that you that you were talking about in the story? Can you say? Peter. Yeah, Peter. Peter. All right. Peter. I, I love Peter. He's just gorgeous. And I haven't seen him for a long time now, but I did bump into him after a long, long time, and he still talked about it. Yeah. So It's a great yeah. story. So to our male allies out there, be more like Peter. Yeah, be like Peter. Well, no, be like Peter after he had the after vagina the discussion. <laughs> Yeah, oh, so great. Okay. Well, dear listener, we want to remind you that you should not just turn up. You've got to show up every single time and not for coffee cups. Right. All right. Get some good shit done in your organization and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye. This has been an episode of Get Shit Done with Michelle and Mel. To learn more about the Lead to Soar podcast and a career that soars, visit leadtosoar.com.